Ladies and germs, hello, welcome, how are you? It is time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode 224. I am your host, Vince. This is Atomic Radio Hour, and this episode, episode 224, is Great War Day 2022. How are you? You look fantastic. I hope you're doing well. Bless. Was that a sneeze? But did you, did you sneeze? You, you did? But you didn't? Welcome to the show. It's Great War Day. It's actually the day after Great War Day. I'm sorry, no. It's the day before Great War Day. If you're hearing this, I don't know when the community adopted Bombs Drop Day. Uh, honestly, that sounds like we don't understand the English language. I don't know when that happened. Um, I've always referred to it as Great War Day because October 23rd, 2077... At 9.47 in the morning, the bombs, they fell. Kind of. It's New York and Pennsylvania were hit at 9.42, but everywhere else pretty much 9.40. Whatever. Anyway, happy Great War Day. That's what I'm going to keep calling it, because like I said before, bombs drop day kind of sounds just like silly wording to me. Welcome to the show. Um, as of right now, as of October 19th, 2022, in the year of our Lord... Bethesda has done very little in the way to celebrate this franchise that we love. Um, they've put out some cool videos about like them taking the helm and showing it off at E3 and Tim Kaine and what he had to say. Uh, there's been that Dear Vault Boy series, which as of today, I've only seen one of. I don't know if I missed an upload or not. I might have. Who knows? It's a cool idea. Uh, here's my Vince complains about Fallout lore for a second thing. It's not bad. It's just why would vault be making videos post-war? I get it. They have to fit things in thematically, whatever. It's a cute story about someone falling in love because they played video games together, played 76 together. Great story. I would not be surprised if you are watching this on the 22nd or the 23rd. There may have been an announcement made. I would not be surprised if we get Fallout 1 and 2 on Switch. I would not be surprised if they announced some sort of a remake remaster. I think now would be the perfect time to do it. We will not be seeing Fallout 5 until 2028 at the earliest, 2035 at the latest. I was actually watching a uh, Mr. Matty Plays video recently where he was talking about how now that Microsoft owns all of these studios, they own Obsidian and they own uh, Bethesda, they could essentially have Bethesda make another studio. And he, he was, Maddie saying in the, in the video, like, make it the vault and have Todd Howard and Leonard Boyarsky and Tim Kaine and a bunch of other people run the vault and they just work on Fallout. And even if it's just like, hey, we made the vault, here's a remake remaster, Fallout 5 is coming sooner than you would think because of this. Even if it's just, hey, we upped the gun, I've been talking, I think I've been talking about this since we started the show. So welcome to the show. Happy Great War Day of 2022. There's many things to talk about. A nice fan favorite lore bit for the lore bit for Monster Month. This will be the fourth week. We're getting five whole weeks of Monster Month in this October. Before we go any further, there is something I would like to talk about. As we celebrate all things Fallout for its 25th birthday, I feel like we should celebrate... The people who have created the universes, the worlds, the lands, the buildings that we've occupied for hundreds, if not thousands of hours individually. 
people who craft the world, who sit down and just love what they do. And it sucks that we don't give the people the flowers they deserve now. We give them the flowers they deserve when they've passed. Fallout 76's uh, senior designer, Farid Boudoir, has passed away on October 15th. This I'm getting from PCGamer.com, written by Andy Clark. Bethesda Softworks senior designer Farid Boudoir, who worked as a lead designer on 76, has died. A tribute page on Facebook said he passed suddenly on October 15th, surrounded by his family and his friends. News of his death was shared on Twitter by former 76 project lead Jeff Gardner, who described Boudoir as an internal optimist and a dear friend. Emil, and I always say his name wrong, Paglarillo. I'm going to meet this man one day and be like, dog, how do you say your name? <laughs> and why is Liberty Prime show up at the end of four? And how come there's a voice pro tag? And a bunch of other things. Uh, he paid tribute to Boudoir in his own Twitter, on his own Twitter thread saying he was unstoppably creative and always inspired. And he worked hard because to Ferret, it wasn't work. He loved making games. Say what you want about 76. I know I've said my piece and I've been rather critical and harsh of it. But this is a man who had created a universe for people to live in. He was a voice on Chad, Fallout 76 story. Um, I actually heard about this from the Chad Twitter originally. These are people that impact our lives in ways that we don't expect. Ways that you might have seen something in 76 if you were an active part of it. You might have seen something or felt something because of the way something was done in that game and shared it with your friends and your family and your loved ones. And he might have had a direct correlation with that. And it might be something that you take for the rest of your life. As much as I dog on the writing of Fallout 4, Emil was the head writer. I'm pretty sure there's a chance that I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was head writer on both three and four. And the way three made me feel, the way it continues to make me feel, I'm spoiler to the next segment, but I'm going to be in DC this weekend when this comes out. And I will be seeing the landmarks that I've explored in 2008 and 9 and 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 fit to this day. And I will feel the way that I feel when I first booted the game up, when I continue to boot the game up. And as much as I'll dog on Fallout 4's writing, it's because of men like Emil or, and women. I mean, I, let's not just make it all about one per, one type of person. It's all about the people who, who create these worlds that I feel something. And I don't know most of those people's names, but they've impacted my life in such a way to the point where this show exists. So once again, for Farid Boudoir, this is the moment of silence. Like I said, I didn't want to spoil too much. Again, I kind of wish Bethesda would put some more stuff out. I have a feeling something big is going to happen. When this comes out, it's going to be uh, the day before the meetup. And I think most people listen to this either the day after or during the week. In the Discord, I'm in some of the people for... Uh, it's the Fall for Hope Discord that we're talking about the meetup. Because what we're doing is essentially raising money for St. Jude's Charity. St. Jude, sorry. St. Jude's Hospital. The Children's Hospital. Um, essentially, what... I've taken from it is some of the people that are running it said Bethesda was going to make some sort of announcement. They're involved in some way. I'm not entirely sure how I wouldn't be surprised if they show up with party hats or masks. I'm not upset with that. If I get to meet some people that work at Bethesda, great because I want to talk to them and I want to tour the studio and I want to, you know, you got to get your foot in the door somehow. 
I would like to make content out of it because it's, I essentially want to make the shit that I would have seen when I was on YouTube finding every video I could of Fallout 3 and New Vegas to an extent. I don't, they haven't made an announcement about it. And like I've said, there's four different meetups going on. There's the one in Washington, D.C. That's on Sunday the 23rd. There's the one in Boston. That's on Sunday the 23rd. And on Saturday the 22nd, there's one in West Virginia and one in Good Springs, Nevada. If you're going to the DC one, I'm going to the DC one. Like I've said, behind me should be like an infographic of what's going on, where I'm going to be. I'm going to say this now. If you're going and it's Saturday and you're watching this as it comes out and you're going to be there on Sunday, please come up to me. I alluded alluded to it in the last episode. Please come up to me. I have something for you. I'm going to go grab it now so I can show you. Like I said, I have a gift for you. Please come up to me. I have, I, I can't say I have enough for the whole class, but I do have plenty. I have bottle caps for you. They're not, oh, God damn it. <laughs> They're not completely accurate. I'll be 200% honest. They're more accurate to Fallout 3's bottle caps, but I made these on a very tight schedule, and I used the same method that I used when I was first playing this game for the first time. So what I have here are some bottle caps. They're silver. This is just a red one. It's a basic bottle cap for you. Nothing too fancy, says Nuka-Cola. I, I thought this would be fun to give away, just to share with everybody so we can share our love of the series. These are handmade, uh, made by me and a friend. I, a friend, I asked if I could borrow their printer, and they said they would love to help out. And then they said they would love to just help me make them. So they're... Just paper and metal. But one of my first memories, and I love to tell this story. Let me put this away and I'll tell it. One of my first memories of going to a con, I don't remember which one it was. I want to say it was a Philadelphia Comic-Con. I don't believe it was New York. It might have even been a horror con, but it was one of the first ones I ever went to. There was a guy dressed up as the Lone Wanderer, a vault dweller, a soul survivor. This is before that, but a soul survivor, a courier. With a pit boy on. This is before Bethesda had merch. This is when you were scrounging to get anything with a, a Vault Tech logo on it. Sorry, I just realized my levels were down. Hopefully, it doesn't screw the whole thing. Just thought of it. If so, I apologize for the audio. But as I was saying, this story, this Vault Dweller, I chased him for way too long. Like, I just followed him and I was like, Vault Dweller, Vault Dweller. And he wouldn't turn around. He wouldn't say anything. He didn't hear me. And eventually we must have went 40, 50, 60 booths away. And I was like, yo, Vault Dweller. And he turns around. I go, dude, you have a crazy outfit on. Like the whole thing, the whole cosplay. He had a jumpsuit. He had tattered boots. He had a a bandolier. I want to say he had a pistol or a rifle. I don't remember. I just remember he had a Pip-Boy before... There were Pitboy before the Fallout 4. This was like 2010, 2011. Before Fallout 4s, before the 76 kit, the only Pitboy that was made that was a prop you could either get from Scruffy Nerf Herder on Etsy, and I never bought one from him, and to this day I regret it. I ah, I should have bought one because I don't have a Fallout 3 in New Vegas Pitboy. He had the whole kit. He looked like he was straight out of 101. And we sat there and had like a five or ten minute conversation. And at the end of it, he goes, hold on, before you go. And he handed me bottle caps. And I've never forgotten that. Don't know his name. Don't remember the convention it was at. Don't remember any of it. But I remember the kindness of him just going, hey, man, 
take some bottle caps. It might have been three. It might have been one. I don't remember. I know it wasn't five. But like that, and I want to share that. So I have... I, I bought 500 bottle caps to do this with. I do not know how many I will have to give out. I'm thinking about doing packs of three. Math was never my song, strong suit. I was more of a charisma build, not an intelligence build. Sorry. But I do have red Nuka-Cola's, blue Nuka-Cola Quantums, and Sunset Sarsaparilla bottle caps. I do not have them. Um, and I still have more to make. It's Wednesday and Friday. I am making more because I have so much more to do for the con. I want to share these with you. Please, if you see me, if you've listened to the show and you're there and you are aware of Atomic Radio Hour, please do not hesitate to come up to me. I will most likely have this hat and these glasses. I had a, sh- a sweatshirt custom printed with the logo on it. Um, but the size that I bought is not what was advertised. It's about three or four sizes too small. I fitted it, but not comfortably. You know what I mean? Like it's like it fits, but I kind of look like I'm trying too hard. And I know if I have like half of a sandwich, I'm going to feel way too fat in it. But please celebrate this with me. Celebrate. And like, I'm not even saying be there physically to celebrate with me. I'm saying celebrate with me. Play. Oh, by the way, Fallout 3 is going to be free on the Epic, Epic Game Store. I believe when this comes out, it's it's for free. And I know so many people have only played 4 and 76. Now is your chance to play Fallout 3. If you have an Xbox, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. Play them. And then watch somebody play, because it's very hard to get into Fallout 1 and 2. Play, watch somebody play 3 in New Vegas. It's so worth your time. It's so worth you sitting down and enjoying this. I want you to love this the way... I know that's a tall order, but I want you to love this the way I love this. I want to share my love of Fallout with you. So if you're going to be there, I look forward to seeing you. If not, it's all good, homie. Have a good time. Maybe I'll see you in Good Springs in November of 2023. Maybe. I hope I do, but who knows? Time, she's a strange mistress. And with all that being said, I'd like to move on to the lore. Before I get to the lore, I have to thank the Patreon. Because of you guys, I can continue to do this. I recently had to pay the uh, podcasting fee, as I like to call it. Uh, The website I use is called Castos, and they host me on Spotify, uh, on Apple uh, iTunes. I don't even know if iTunes is a thing anymore. Apple Music, their podcasting service. Anywhere you can download a podcast is because of Castos, and every year I have to pay a fee, and because of the contribution of the Patreon, I now don't have to worry about it for another year. It was taken care of. I didn't have to pay any money out of my personal pocket, but the show's pocket, it came out of paid in full, no issues, no qualms, no queries, nada. And because of that, I thank you. So starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. Because of you guys, like I said, the show continues. You are the proverbial coal that goes into these, the locomotion, the locomotive that is this program. I thank you, and I love you. So like I said at the top of the program, it is Monster Month 2022, week number and I've wanted to kind of get a monster from every single game. Uh, one, two, three, New Vegas, four, 
76 had a little bit of representation here. But I didn't do New Vegas yet. There's one that I left out. Not on purpose. It's just, you know, the way shit works out. And I sat there and I was thinking about it. I'm going to grab my notes as I go off screen real quick. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it today at work. When I get home, uh, Wednesdays are meat day. I eat meat on Wednesdays. Red meat. So I'm sitting there and I'm cooking up my meat day meal. And I'm thinking, what can I do? What can I do for Monster Month? I want to do something nice. I want to do something big. I want to do something I know people are going to enjoy. And then there's a voice. Sometimes people have things that kind of stick with them through the years of stuff that they've heard and learned. And little phrases, little things can pop up. It's no secret that I'm uh, not the biggest fan of old world blues. But out of the back of my head, I heard a very faint, a very low, a very echoey... Lobotomite! And I thought about it for a good two and a half seconds. Where I went, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the lobotomites. Why wouldn't I? From the Big Empty. From Big Mountain. From the think tank people themselves. So, make sure you're in the Discord, because usually I ask once a week for a recommendation of what I should do for lore. This week is week four of Monster Month. And I am bringing to you... The Lobotomites! From Fallout New Vegas' DLC Old World Blues. Now, the Lobotomites are surgically altered humans found inside of Big Mountain, the Big Empty. They are the results of various medical experiments. Most of them found themselves stumbling into the big, the big empty, Big Mountain, from the Mojave, and the drones that patrol would grab them and take them down to the... take them down to the Sinks auto dock, and it would lobotomize them, making them lobotomites, lobotomites, as we know. Now, this was done to keep them inside, because the only way outside of... the only way out of the radar fence is to have a functioning body and mind. So a lobotomy would make them no longer have a functioning mind. You know, like what the Kennedys did to that daughter of theirs. There was Tesla coils that were placed where the piece of their brain was removed or scrambled or what have you. There was Tesla coils put in there, and originally it is supposed to give you the ability that the courier has where you can kind of walk amongst the living and be a functioning member of society and venture forth. And it was supposed to give you a better... Better cognition. It was supposed to make you a better human in some sense, but also lobotomize you. Uh, but the Sinks autodoc would actually just destroy the subject's brain to the point of them being nothing but husks of humans. Just flesh sacks comprised of flesh and meat and bone and eyes and sinew. It would destroy the brain, and the only reason why the courier's brain was not destroyed is because of the scar tissue from the bullets that Doc Mitchell pulls out of your brain... It, it almost reprograms the autodocs, the, the sinks autodoc to the point where it just lobotomizes you and puts the coil in you and you can function as normal. It doesn't kill you. It doesn't make you just a, a Neanderthal. Because of them being these almost sacks of protoplasm, lobotomites can use doors, walk, fight, use rudimentary weapons gurgle, spit, wave, and say maybe two-syllable two words if they're lucky. I'll get into a little more of that later. They have a base called the Cuckoo's Nest, which is, is just a great name. Uh, 
they have this nest there and they kind of have been observed to just collect things, just stuff and things are just kind of strewn about. Most likely the cuckoo's nest is behind me and in front of me is probably a lobotomite or two. They are always hostile. Uh, it's not observed of them attacking each other, but they attack you on sight. They have almost no armor, but because of the modifications made to them, they are almost more resilient to attacks. The few words that they can actually muster to get out of them, other than grunts and <laughs> type shit, is die, stop you, and never. Which I believe is the only two never, yeah, the only two syllable word that they can say. Dr. Dala refers to them as skinvelopes, which is just a 10 at it. Like, I hope whoever came up with the term, term skinvelope got a raise. Uh, that's just a, you are just, you are just, just skin that holds things inside of it. She observed that 43% of the time they will fight for dominance if left together or inject bodily fluids into one another, which makes me question, are they fighting or are they loving? If you know what I'm saying. The think tank uses them as pigs for experiments. Inside of the X8 research facility, the courier can splice them together with dogs and robots, just to further prove how much of pigs they really are. They have tattered hoods, respirators, these headphones, and these giant goggles. That's kind of just the background of what and who the lobotomites are. But... I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Fallout Wiki, if you will. I get all of my lore off of the Fallout Wiki, like I said. There's a few things I want to read verbatim to make sure I'm doing the due diligence and the justice that the lobotomites hold. Need. Require, even. Lobotomites wear lobotomized jumpsuits or patient gowns, which are very little protection against most damage. Lobotomites are armed with either a firearm or a melee weapon. They can carry more weapons at higher levels and pose a credible threat even to high-level players. Usually they attack in groups, but every now and again a Night Stalker can be found with them, which begs the question, do they have enough sentience to tame? Can they domesticate the wild? Just some quick notes for you. Lobotomites have black skin around their eyes, including their eyelids. If they die with their eyes shut, this can appear as, if, as, as though their eyes have been gouged out. They also have a unique lobotomized scar on their face. Lobotomites will spawn in great numbers at pre-designated locations after the completion of Old World Blues. The lobotomites make the same sound as Fallout New Vegas ghouls and a trog from Fallout 3. Some lobotomites equipped with melee weapons are completely silent. What is more scary than someone with the rage and strength of someone who can't form a proper sentence, but is also just with a sledgehammer? Hmm, fine. Even at the end of the game, to Dr. Klein, the courier is still referred to as a lobotomite when you have your brain returned to you. The only game where you can speak to your brain... Now, some behind-the-scenes on-screen somewhere, there should be a picture of lobotomites from Leonard Boyarsky from the original Fallout, from the 90s. Lobotomites appear in Fallout New Vegas' add-on Old World Blues. They also appear in the loading screen from Fallout, and they were planned to appear in Fallout 2, but they were in a cut encounter. 
Like I said, lobotomites were to appear in Fallout 2, but they were cut early on and appeared only in a Fallout loading screen. At one point in the game, the Chosen One was supposed to be ambushed by a group of these monsters, wherein renegade Brotherhood soldiers come to the aid. A, a uh, quote from Leonard Boyarsky on the forum, No mutants allowed. Interesting story. Behind this image, Jason and I had originally done a first draft of the story of Fallout 2, and at one point the player was to be ambushed by lobotomized creatures, or lobotomites, where a renegade, renegade Brotherhood soldier comes to his rescue. Get it? It's Fallout Tales number 2, and it's illustration of the scene from Fallout 2, of course. The story was changed after Fallout 1's release, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. Now, the real-life usage of a lobotomy involves crudely cutting... The connections between the frontal lobe and the brain, the frontal lobe of the brain, and the rest, though very rarely used today, it was commonly used in the 1940s to the 50s to treat serious mental issues that otherwise require institution. Its effects often left the subject with debilitating mental defects when not in a permanent catatonic stage. Like I said, the Kennedys did this to their daughter. It's a fact. They put her in the basement. So the day my great-grandmother died, she would see the Kennedys on television go, you know, they kept one of them in the basement every time. Or they did something with her. She was there and then she wasn't. She was 23. She lived. Just, she was about 80 um, in a home surrounded by people she didn't know and people who didn't love her because her family lobotomized her. And that, my friends, is Monster Month, week number four of 2022, and that is lore. Hey, guys. So, I really wish Bethesda would have done a little bit more to celebrate Fallout 25. There's some current events that I could talk about, and I really, honestly, just don't feel the need to. Uh, Bayonetta 3, if you're a Bayonetta fan... I'm not. I've never played them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I just, just they don't seem like my kind of game. By Platinum, the woman who's been voicing Bayonetta in one and two and in Smash came out and said that Platinum has done her dirty. And then something came out where she was getting paid. She was going to be paid an astronomical amount, and she turned it down. I don't really feel like I have the the gall. Maybe not the right word but the right to really speak on a game that I know nothing about or a situation I know nothing about and an industry I'm not involved in. I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you guys are enjoying, living, loving, learning, laughing. Live, laugh, love, baby. If you are in D.C. for the meetup, I'd love to shake your hand and say hello. I'd love to give you uh, some bottle caps. I would love to celebrate my favorite thing on the planet with you. But hey, if not, leave a comment. Let me know. Let me know what you're doing. I love you very much. This has been Atomic Radio Hour episode 224. Link in the description to the intro music, Feather Duster by Shane, Iver Shane Ivers, silvermansounds.com slash free music for his heaters. And you'll be able to find the intro song there. Link in the description to the Discord, my Twitter, the show's Twitter, the show's Twitter Kyle's Twitter. Getting all types of tongue-tied today there, Tommy. There will be a link to the Red Bubble where you can support in a smaller monetary way the Patreon. Thank you, Patreon, for supporting the show. I love you very much. Happy Fallout 25. Happy Great War Day. I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.